For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the grounds crew in 91, Worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. Once again, it's Chuck Campisi here with Tony Dick, and we are Believe in the Browns. And if you're not believing after this week, I don't know what you're doing. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Again, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can also find us at Browns Believe. That's at Browns, B-L-E-A-V, on Instagram and Twitter. The wait is finally over. Football, we are at the quarter pole. You might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can definitely still be in on the action at Bet Online. Tony and I are doing pretty well this year, I do have to say. I'm 9-3. and three. Tony's 8-4. and four. So if you've been taking our picks this year, you've definitely made some money. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. And if you stay tuned, we'll give you those uh, relatively good picks uh, coming up towards the end of the show. Tony, I don't know where to start here. There is so much to dissect after this game from Baker to who the hell is Dearness Johnson to Kareem Hunt stepping up but getting surpassed to Nick Chubb being out to OBJ finally playing well to the defense well being our defense uh 
what do you want to start with? The Browns are doing some great stuff. We know actually we're going to be able to have 12,000 fans in the stands uh, for the upcoming games and the rest of the season. So against the Colts this Sunday, 12,000 Browns backers in the stadium doubling the previous games. Great to see. Browns offense, first in rushing yards, first in yards per carry, first in rushing TDs. Surprisingly, the defense, first in takeaways, first in turnover differential. Although, I'm going to say, fumble recoveries are random. (laughs) So, banking on that to continue for the rest of the season, I don't know. But, what do you got? Uh, Well, you know, I'm happy about the fans as long as one of them isn't Cam Newton. Uh, (laughs) Or the president. (laughs) Oh, ouch. Uh, well, he did bring back Big Ten football. So, oh yeah, that's right. I let's forgot. Start with there. Oh, I forgot. Um, now, I, I mean, I'm. I, I definitely have to admit, first and foremost, that I, I was wrong last week. I thought the Cowboys were gonna were gonna beat us. Um, I had no idea that our offense. I, I mean, I think I had predicted that Baker would go over 300 yards passing, which I didn't quite do that. Although. You know, <laughs> Although, you know, he didn't even crack 200. Well, he, he let uh, Landry throw the ball a little bit, too. So, you know, that, that took so, away from that, Yeah, yeah, that, get, that got us up to 201. Um, so, <laughs> so you, you have that. I mean, certainly the one thing I did not predict um, was Chubb going down and then us still running for 300 yards. I, I mean, that that is the one. If I were to look at one thing out of that whole game that just surprised the hell out of me, it's when Chubb went down, I, I got a little nervous thinking uh you know a little nervous well i mean we have a we have a hunt is obviously a great number two yeah but i had no idea that people were going to just start coming off the bench and ripping <laughs> off the yard run so um that was great the, the one thing that concerns me in in in, in I, I gotta be a little bit negative here or just i i, I don't want to stop that trend when we were up and we allowed them to come back and score the 24 was it like 24 yeah. in a row that can't happen. It can't happen. And, and, and I, I started getting angry, not because we were allowing them to come back in, but because if you, if you were watching, like guys like Sheldon, there was the one play where Sheldon Richardson got rolled under, try, you know, because they're frantically running around. Um, and we can't allow that to happen. Like, one, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be able to, you know, no team should be able to score 24 points that quick on us. I don't care if it's the Cowboys or whatever. <laughs> But two, we can't put our players in a situation where, I mean, if we ended up, he ended up, God forbid, getting hurt and you lose him and Chubb for six weeks, uh, I mean, you just can't afford to do those things. Those are things like we had said earlier on in the season, the way 2020 is laying out, you can't afford to miss anybody. Um, so, you know, that if I were to have a beef, that's my only beef. You know, the defense they were opportunistic. I, I think Miles Garrett, we're only beginning to see, you know, the tip of the iceberg as far as what his potential is. Oh, it's through the roof, man. And, um, you know, I think this could be an amazing team. You know, it's as, uh, you know, Denzel said, um, you know, yesterday, I think his direct quote was that this, this could be, uh, you know, a special team. Well, it can, but we, we got to clean up the stuff on defense. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think it it, it can be I, – I, I'm going to qualify that. I don't know if I would go amazing or even special. I think maybe if you're talking over the last 20 years for the Browns, could this be a special team? Sure. It can be a very good yep. NFL team. 
And the defense is really going to have to step up, though, because, well, we were wrong potentially about what the outcome of the game was going to be. I think the fact that neither of us trusted the defense bore fruit because, yes, the both teams had 24-point quarters, right? The Browns took advantage of some turnovers early, got those points in the second quarter. Cowboys come back, have their 24-point quarter in the fourth quarter. And when they cut it to three, I don't think there was any Browns fan that was feeling confident at that moment. I will have to say, the coaching staff, specifically from an offensive side of the ball, Stefanski, Alex Van Pelt, I was not a huge fan of the Callahan hire just because some of the previous things that has have happened. Him and what that offensive line have done has been amazing through this first quarter of the season. So I'm not going to put any doubt on that because, again, you're looking at it, number one in rushing yards, number one in yards per carry, number one in rushing TDs. Yes, part of that is Chubb, but we're going to find out how much of that is Chubb because a lot of that is the offensive line because when you have a guy coming off the street, like my wife went to USF. So she is a USF fan. We have I have no idea who Dearness Johnson was, and he was there two years ago. Yeah. So it's not like this guy is somebody that where you were expecting Kareem Hunt to step up and do what he did, and he performed really well, right? When you're averaging over six yards a carry, hey, everybody's going to take that. But nobody, nobody, nobody was expecting Dearness. If you played him in your fan duel or your DraftKings League, you crushed because you got him for like four cents. And and he performed like an all-star. Yes, didn't necessarily get the touchdown, so that would probably hurt you a little bit. But Well, and, and if you played him on FanDuel, I'm sure, you know, he's going to love to hear about it at the next family reunion. Yes, yes. <laughs> Although I do have to say, I don't think, and, and I don't think he's necessarily given him reason to, and I know that's not the design of this system. This is not a wide-open system. This is, hey, zone blocking a lot of the time with some gap principles in there at times as well, run the ball, two tight end sets. I still don't think that this coaching staff trusts Baker Mayfield. And realistically, well, he has not been turnover prone, right? He hasn't thrown interceptions a lot this year. I agree with that assessment of not necessarily putting the game in his hands. The problem is at some point they're going to have to because of this defense. Well, there were two times in the second half where he had Odell wide open, like Odell was wide open and he underthrew him twice. And that, I mean, when you think about how amazing of a day Odell had, uh, I mean, he would add two more touchdowns to that mix. But uh, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, for whatever reason, I just, Baker Mayfield gives me a bad vibe. And I, I think if, if this train keeps rolling, I think if I could point out two people that are going to probably let us down, I mean, he's going to be one of those people. I, I mean, I mean, he's the guy I can see. Is the other person the entire linebacking and defensive back core? <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't consider them combined to be one person. Um, no, no, the, 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 uh, the, the other, well, I shouldn't really say it. I, I don't know. Well, let's just say one of the people is Baker Mayfield. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I, I just I think he he makes too many freshman mistakes as a junior. I, I mean, it, it, it this 
has to stop, you know, some of those throws, they have to be made. If you're going to be an elite quarterback and if you, if you're going to match the talk of the town, because clearly the talk of the town, I mean, I think we're, we, you know, we're one week, we beat uh, Indianapolis this weekend. Um, we're one weekend away from just terrible songs on the radio. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're to that point. That's... We're going into <laughs> if they beat Indy and they're going into Pittsburgh four and one. Yeah, get ready for the songs on the radio. Yeah, this 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 city is going to explode, Tony. I, I I would hope I would be like GD artwork uh, producing my Brown stuff, man. And I would be, and they do. They come out with something new every week. And the reason it's selling like hotcakes this year, not that it doesn't normally but it's even flying off the shelves faster is because of the record. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, it's easier to sell t-shirts when, you know, people have burned all the old ones <laughs> over the last three years. But um, no, I, I just, I can just see him as, uh, you know, I can see Baker as being the guy that, that derails the train. Um, he, he just, he's the one on proven commodity. The line has proved that they're legit. The running game, anybody questions the running game. I mean, they're just nuts. I mean, obviously we're four deep here and we didn't even know yeah. it. Um, you know, the wide receivers, I, I still think as great of a game as OBJ had, Jarvis Landry is the man. I, I mean, whenever you need, he's getting tough yards. Oh, he's getting whenever tough yards you for need you. a crazy catch or, or it, you need definite yards. He provides, um, you know, our threes and fours have, have, have stepped up. Well, the t- I mean, I'll say, and we were, we were high on the tight ends and I was high on Harrison Bryant and he is bearing fruit. That guy, yeah. you know, I think is probably the best pick we had this year in the draft from where we got him and the value we're getting him and Hooper together. Oh yeah. It's tough for them to figure out then who to cut. Cause especially when you do have OBJ and Jarvis Landry, yeah. wide out for you if those are your two tight ends and then you got Kareem Hunt or you know we've been seeing Hunt or Chubb in the backfield obviously now <laughs> Dearness Johnson then it just really does open things up for those guys yeah and OBJ it's funny because I didn't even crack 100 yards right did get the two touchdowns but probably the plays we're talking about are are the rushes right yeah. two two carries for 73 yards one for a 50 yard touchdown that was a key key play oh, in this right game. I mean, and then, but he's finally coming to what we were hoping he was going to be for the last what two seasons. Now, finally, week four, we get a glimpse of that. The question is, are we going to continue to see that? Right? It's the same thing that Browns fans are asking themselves: Is this the team that I'm going to continue to see? Because 20 years of heartache and pain, it, it's hard to just flip that switch. For a lot of people, hey, man, they're just sunshine and roses every year. Even when we're 0-16, they're like, oh, man, just so, some bad breaks and we could be a playoff team. No. no. Uh- <laughs> well, you know, the problem with this team is, is it, it, as, good as, they, as good as they are, they're still a very fragile team. A fragile in the sense that, you know, if OBJ is going off now, all of a sudden OBJ is going to be high on OBJ. Like he, uh, you know, he's yeah. he's going to play ball. But the minute the minute they lose a game, and you know it's going to happen, there's always that game on the schedule, and we've got a lot of schedule left. The minute they lose a game that they should have won, or they could have won, that guy you're going to lose that guy. I mean, let, let's. I know, I know it's revisionist history, or it's you know, I'm, I'm looking looking back, but let's say. 
let's say that ball doesn't roll into the uh, the end zone on the kickoff, and Dallas recovers, and Dallas wins that game. Can you imagine? You know, look at where <laughs> we are right now. But I mean, honestly, look, where would we have been emotionally? Where would the, where would all those guys be emotionally if we had ended up losing that game? I mean, and and that's another reason why I say you can't play around at that time. You you have to put the the the, the boot on the neck and get it over with. You, you know. If we had lost that game, imagine what would be coming out of the locker room right now. All this happy, we could be great, we could be special. People would be pointing fingers at each other. <laughs> they would be throwing each other under the bus. And um, that's why I'd say this team, I don't think this team can handle that. They're not built mature, maturity-wise to handle that type of situation. So we go ahead and beat Indianapolis and we go into Pittsburgh. You're, you're almost going to get to a point where you're going to need to keep this thing rolling because of it derails, I don't know if we're mature enough to just handle it. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of Browns fans, I mean, you kind of off the cuff just said it there. I think a lot of Browns fans think this game's going to be easy. Oh. I mean, the, you know, the, the Colts defense is no joke. It's yeah. one of the top defenses in the league. So, yeah, you scored 40-some points and you put up some great numbers against the Bengals, the Washington football team, and the Cowboys, which have a great offense. Dak Prescott is balling, yeah. but he's got forty. Yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing. The Browns' offense was lucky enough to to score enough this week to win, and yeah. we've said it every week. That offense is going to have to put up thirty every week to be competitive. Yeah, and they're going to have to do it against the Colts. And that defense again is not a joke. Their offense not quite what you would hope it to be if you're a Colts fan. Not one of the worst teams you've ever seen. Yeah. You know, they they're well, they're effective dis- as well. You're looking at the Colts right now. I'm looking at some of the advanced stats here. Their defense overall is number one in the league against the pass, number one overall, and number 12 against the rush. You're looking at a defense that is playing extremely well. Not that the Browns are bad, the Browns are eight overall. And then they're 10 against the pass and 10 against the rush. Hey, solid defense there. But I don't this game's not going to be a cakewalk. No. No, I I and, and I, I think really, like I said, not not to poo-poo on the win, but I mean you dissect that win. Um, there was a lot of variables that happened that aren't gonna happen every week. I mean, those two turnovers in the first half, that that set the tone for the rest of the game. Um, you know, it, or at least momentarily, it, it stunned <laughs> the Cowboys. I mean, because clearly the Cowboys, it didn't affect them in their ability to come back and score the 24 points. Um, you know, and I think, too, when I get to the, uh, you know, the, the second thing that's going to bite us in the ass, I think it's our special teams. Because uh, let me go back to the, the kickoff. You can't, you can't allow things like that to happen if you're going to be a winning team. I mean, we're a team that's missing extra points. We're, we're you know, they gave up back to back to back two point conversions. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> you, you just you're not going to be successful if you're allowing those things to happen. And, and I know they're little things, but I mean, they're I don't know they're little things that add up. And, and uh, if we we need to get our stuff together on special teams. I don't know what the deal is with that. Why we've been so terrible on special teams? Yeah, and, and I I think realistically, if you're looking at it, hey, the Browns are three and one, and the Cowboys are one and three. I get that. But you're looking at the team to perform. 
Dak Prescott threw for 500 yards. Yeah. Okay. 500. Baker has only thrown for barely over 700 on the season. Dak threw for 500 yards. So when people are like, hey, man, the defense, look at those turnovers. Okay. Like I said, fumble recoveries are random. Yeah. Yeah. Causing them, you do have some impact on that. But how many guys punch the ball when they try to tackle? It's not like it's some crazy technique the Browns developed. Yeah, um, yeah like I said, obviously happy with where we're at. We cannot complain at being 3-1. and one. No. Because the reality is if we were looking to win eight games and we've already got three of them out of the way, it certainly makes the plowing a, a lot less difficult from here on out. Yeah, so. and I think – when you're looking at some of the teams on the schedule, right, you jump past Indian and Pittsburgh, then you look at the Bengals, the Raiders, the Texans, the Eagles, the Jags. That's a pretty good stretch to try to pile up some wins right there if you're this team. And so that's great. The problem for that is all of those games I mentioned, Nick Chubb probably out, Tony MCL sprain, going to be coming back, hopefully back for the Eagles on November 22nd, but really you're looking at that, hey, it's going to take you a few weeks to kind of get back in the groove to trust that knee again. Mm-hmm. So you look at the the Eagles and the Jags probably as those 10 carry games, right, if you're, if you're looking at how he might do it. And then he's back for the stretch run, right? He's back for that back half of the season when maybe you really need him against Tennessee, Baltimore, and then, you, hey, you get a little break with the Giants and the Jets there late in the yeah. season. And then home game, last game of the regular season against Pittsburgh. You're really going to need him in that game. You're really going to need him in that Baltimore game. Do you think the Browns are going to be able to be as productive without Nick Chubb? Um, you know, I I don't know. I mean, by the time we get to that Eagles game, does Nick Chubb become Wally Pipp? And and Dearness Johnson now is Lou Gehrig. Uh, is, <laughs> well, I mean, really, I mean, but if hey, you know, and people laugh, but if you're looking at it from a lot of the the things that have happened over the number of years of hey, running backs are replaceable. Look at all those guys they had in Denver. Every single oh, year, yeah. it was like they were turning out another guy that rushed for a, a thousand yards. Yeah. So could it be that hey, the offensive line is just good, the scheme is just good? Yeah, is this guy maybe better than somebody? Yeah, but okay. Is he 100 yards a season better, 200 yards a season better, or is he, you know, where is he at in that differential, and is it an acceptable level of, of drop-off? Or do we become the first team ever to have three 1,000 yards? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, no, I, I, no I, all joking aside, I mean, I think I've, I've expressed my love for Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is the number two behind Garrett you know, best guy on the roster. I, I mean, I, if there's anybody this year that we couldn't afford, um, you, you know, to lose for an extended period of time, I think it's him because not only uh, numbers wise, but I think he kind of provides that steady hand. If you look at that offense, there's a lot of a lot of frail egos. Like I said, Nick Chubb ain't one of them. Um, you, you know, Nick Chubb's a guy that just produces, and um, I, you know, so it's going to be tough, but it's not as tough now seeing what we were able to do against the Cowboys. I think that's the big relief. And I think for anybody that's in that running back room, you got to be happy, 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 um, because you you clearly have the ability to produce, and you clearly have a line in front of you that is 
you know, I'm not really the, willing to put them in that Broncos-esque yet, but they're headed in that direction. Yeah. I mean, you watch the film, they're moving, they are just, move, like, leveling people. Yeah. And, you know, when you can get three yards deep before you have to make your first cut or, or avoid your first blocker or tackler, um, then you're you're doing something special, and in you know in that in that setup, yes, you and I could go in and we could run for a hundred yards a game. <laughs> I, I mean, um, so yeah. Well, and that's where I might disagree with you on him being irreplaceable. I would agree from the locker room standpoint, yeah, and it, it will be interesting to me because a lot of times, as you know, when guys are injured, they're not around as much. Yeah. You know, when they're rehabbing, because they're just, they just aren't right. I'm not going to get into why yeah. or whatever. They just aren't. I hope that the coaching staff here encourages him to be there on a fairly regular basis in with the other guys because I I agree with you. I think he brings a presence that not a lot of people on this team have or bring. And yeah. even though he's a young guy, he has that and I'm I'm hoping that he's not just a guy that hey, I'm going to be in the facility when the rest of the guys aren't doing my rehab, not necessarily in the meetings as much as I have been I want that to not be the case but you're never certain when guys go down what those protocols are going to be and what the team wants or supports yeah I mean he's certainly that guy when when I think back to that scenario I proposed you know what what would happen if we had lost that Dallas game he's the one guy I would have you could have counted on to not say something ridiculous um you know when interviewed after the game everyone else (laughs) it would have been uh you know just a shooting I you know it would have been all kinds of things spewed about. But, um, yeah, um, it, hopefully, like I said, we, we got four to six weeks, hoping we can keep the ship steady until then. I think we can. The, the As you pointed out, the schedule certainly um, is in our favor in that regard, not that we want to assume any wins. But, but I mean, it, it, they're, they're winnable games. They're Let's winnable games. If, if you're looking at the – so the next quarter of the schedule, it's nice that the Browns have the bye week right in the middle of the season at week nine. I love that. You have Indy, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Las Vegas. I think all of those games are winnable. However, I think all of those games are losable as well. There is not one that I would definitely say this is a win going in. I think the first time we played the Bengals, I would have said that, that that was going to be a win. I think the Washington football team, I said I was confident that that was going to be a win. But the Bengals at home, the way they've been improving – it's going to be a tougher matchup, yeah. and and we kind of let it squeak out for a little bit, and we came back and, and took charge there at the end. I'm a little nervous going into this next quarter of the season. We'll get into the indie game and the predictions. We're going to do another crossover episode with our folks from uh, Believe in the Colts, so we'll get into the indie game there. This is kind of our wrap-up for a big win against Dallas Anything else you want to say, Tony, about either the Dallas game, the first quarter of the season, being three and one? I, I just I think I'm pleasantly surprised that we're three and one. Um, I think I I'd have to go back through my notes, but I'm almost positive I had them two and two. Um, you know, three and one. You, you think, well, what's one one game? What's a difference? It's a huge difference. Like I said, if our if our goal in, in our you know our belief was that they were only going to go eight and eight. I mean, they're three and one right now, and and, and they're winning. And and even if, even if we played, you know, winnable team, if we played Washington sixteen weeks in a row, we we would still need to beat them eight times. I mean, that's the yeah. reality, you know. And that, and having been in that building for many many years when we weren't winning games, 
to go three and one, it does a lot just for the folks in the building because there is there is a sense of losing is fine in that building. That that is permeated into that that building. I, I mean, losing has become the part of the culture. And you know, people can say, well, you know, we don't not running a losing organization. Um, your record is what it is, and you've been losers. I mean, yeah. you know, there's no getting around that. Yeah. So to to turn that narrative around, obviously it's important to become a championship organization. You have to win games. I mean, you can't just say, hey, we're a great organization. Well, fine. Until you start putting trophies in the trophy case, you're just a team that's playing games. Yeah, and I think the thing that I'm most surprised by and most, I don't know, excited about is that there's been a lot of coaches that have come through this organization over the last 20 years. Stefanski seems like probably one of the first coaches. I thought Chud had a bit of this, but for some reason we decided to bail on that way too early, in my opinion, where he was able to come in, provide a stability, a focus, a little bit of an identity to the organization, and actually implement it. Every coach talks about, oh, we're going to be able to do this or we're going to want to do this on offense or defense, and this is how we're going to operate. He is actually executing on those things. This is what our offensive identity was going to be. These are some of the things we're going to be able to do on defense. I think we all know we don't necessarily have the talent to execute all of those things on defense, but those guys are doing what they've been asked to do, even if they're not necessarily performing at the level we need them to perform. But the offense is doing exactly what we thought it was going to do the identity on that side of the ball is there. It feels like it's established. He seems to have brought a level of rationality and calmness to the organization as a whole. So I'm really excited about that. And I agree with you. The difference between two and two and three and one is, hey, now you only got to win five out of 12 as opposed to six out of 12 to go eight and eight. And when I was down in Tampa and we were with Coach, he always broke the season down into quarters. You want to win that specific quarter of the season. You want to go three and one every quarter. Yeah. And if you can do that, you're going to have a great year, right? You're going to be 12 and four. I'm not saying that they can do that, but looking at this schedule, I'm not saying that they can't do it now. Yeah. The offense is really going to have to put up some numbers. The defense is going to have to uh, coalesce. But this Browns team, I think eight and eight is a really strong possibility. And I would be a little surprised, obviously, if they went 12 and four. But I wouldn't be surprised with with nine wins at this point of the season. Definitely. We said they needed to get out of the gate hot. I felt like they stumbled, obviously, against Baltimore. But hey, we just ripped off three in a row. And like I said, even if even if it was against, quote unquote, I don't think Dallas was a winnable team, but um, uh, although our folks in Dallas uh, kind of gave us a heads up that I didn't think Dallas was going to be that terrible, and but they were. They, uh, they, <laughs> they their defense was um, was not really very defensive, but um, but yeah, no, I, I'm I, I think eight and eight. I think if we stay on track, we're fine. Nine and seven is certainly doable. Anything beyond that would be gravy. And it's one of those things too in this season. You know, anything can happen. We go nine and seven and we get in. We just need to get in. I mean, when you think about it, um, if you look at just the events of this week, all all it takes is one player um, to to go down. And, 
you know, just get in the tournament, man. Yeah. That's all. It, that's all it is. Yeah. And it's one game at a time from there. It should be one game at a time right now. Again, we'll get to the Colts breakdown in our next episode when we're talking with the guys from Believe in the Colts. But that's our breakdown of the Cowboys game. Yeah. I think we are surprised by what happened from who won. Hey. After 20 years of <laughs> not putting a great product on the field, I don't think you can blame us for that. But we weren't surprised by what the offense did. And we definitely weren't surprised by what the defense did. Just got a couple more turnovers on that defensive side of the ball, whereas I thought they might go the other way. Happy with the Browns at 3-1. and one, And we'll see you next time, Browns backers. Get well, Nick Chubb. Check. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.